0: Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Monday, October 17th, 2022. I'm Mike Cachopoli. All right, how's everyone doing? I hope everyone had a really exciting weekend, a fun-filled weekend of exciting things. A lot more exciting than anything I did. I had a little bit of fun over the weekend, a little bit of fun. Definitely fun watching the Dodgers lose. That was great. That was the highlight of my weekend, watching the Los Angeles Dodgers go down in flames. Not that I love the San Diego Padres, being a a Yankee fan, giant fan, but look, it certainly takes it like, you know, the enemy of your enemy is... How is that called? The enemy of my enemy is my friend, right? The enemy is my friend. So that's why I was rooting for the Padres, and everyone here in San Francisco was rooting for the Padres. So that was a big... Highlight of the weekend. If you had a highlight, if you had an exciting weekend, let me know. Call in, tell me what your weekend was like. Unfortunately, over the weekend, see, the, the problem with every weekend now is it has a Sunday. And now you're thinking, Mike, why do you hate Sunday? What's wrong with Sunday? Well, the reason why I hate Sunday is because every fucking Sunday, these morons. These morons in the DNC-owned media put on Tony Fauci. They have put on Tony—do you realize they put on Tony Fauci like every Sunday for the last two and a half fucking years? So the problem is every Sunday, Tony Fauci goes on and lies. So it annoys me. Um, You know, it used to be, before John McCain died, that he was considered the Sunday show guy. That he was known as the senator that went on all the Sunday shows. He was like the Sunday show senator. But now that he's gone, Tony Fauci has taken over. As uh, as the Sunday show guy, and they're constantly putting him on every, why would you put this guy on every fucking Sunday? The things change that, that frequently, you have to put him on every seven fucking days? But anyway, he goes on uh, this past Sunday, and he lies again. An egregious lie. Now, I know Tony Fauci may have been born around 1935. But we don't still live in 1935. So we actually have like videotape. We have something called the the Internet. We have cable television. We have YouTube. So things people said like in the year 2020 are still maybe Fauci doesn't understand this. So maybe he does. And he's a sociopath. Then he doesn't care. But things people said in 2020 are like all over the Internet. We have it. We have like the receipts, as they like to say. Who came up with that? The receipts. I think the progressives thought of that. But it is a good saying. We do have the receipts. In fact, I think it was Nina Turner, who I no longer like, who I used to like anyway, said that we have the receipts. And we do. We have Tony Fauci in March of 2020 and beyond, beyond, because he's been on every Sunday show for the last two and a half years, telling everyone how, in, especially in high, uh, uh, What he considered, whatever that actually meant when they said high spread areas, whatever numbers they fucking made up. But let's face it, according to Democrats, everything was a high spread area for two years. He said in high spread areas, we should absolutely close the schools. Schools needed to be closed. And then he has the fucking nerve this past weekend to go on the Sunday show and say, I never I I never They They say Tony Fauci wanted schools closed. I never had anything to do with school closures. I never had anything to do with school closures. Totally lying. Now, one can only assume he's a sociopath. He knows what he said. He knows what he's been saying for two years. He knows he's been advocating for school closures. And to say that because, and of course, his response would be that he just suggests things. This is is the bullshit. The Tony Fauci likes to be well, yeah, I just, I might have suggested it, but I don't have any power to do it. No, they listen to every, the Democrats listen to every fucking thing you said, you little troll. Okay, everything you said, you were the advisor, you've been advisor for the past two and a half years to the president on COVID. So they listen, and the Democrats listen to every fucking word you said, like you're Jesus fucking Christ. So of course you had to do with school closures. Hey, Tony Fauci, if you weren't for school closures... Why against them? Why weren't you telling Biden and Democrats to open them? Why weren't you pointing out Catholic schools that were open and doing fine? The kids weren't dropping dead in Europe. Were all the schools that were open for two years. Why didn't you point to Europe and point to Catholic schools in your own fucking country and say, let's do that? Why didn't you do that, Tony? Why? Because he was 100% for school closures. He was 100% for lockdowns, another thing he said he never advocated for. What was he talking about for two years? Why do we hate him so much? If he was advocating for open society and open schools, we wouldn't hate him so much. Why do we hate him? Because he was advocating for things that didn't work, that we knew didn't work, that real doctors with a fucking brain that weren't political whores that made a half million dollars a year. We're saying, which is that they wouldn't work and they'd only hurt people, that they'd only hurt children. Tony Fauci wasn't saying that. He was saying those doctors were quacks. He was censoring those doctors. He was sending emails to, to social media, to Twitter, saying, get rid of these people, suspend their accounts. That's what he was doing for two and a half years, this lying little troll. The man is a sociopath. He's an obvious sociopath. There's nothing else I can say about him. He's a sick fuck. He's a very sick individual. And he needs to go away. My only, my only hope is that you know he's 82, nature will take its course. But then again, I'm a pessimistic guy. But before nature takes his course, he needs to be tortured. What I mean by tortured means he needs to face what he did. He needs to be held accountable. Okay, next year, the whole year, beginning in January of 2023, needs to be Tony Fauci on the stand in front of the Senate, in front of the House, in front of 330 million Americans watching, uh, answering for what he did, answering for what he did to children. Answering what he did to people's fathers and grandfathers and mothers and grandmothers. He needs to answer for that. He needs to answer for the economic devastation he's caused. He needs to answer for the inflation he has caused. He needs to answer for these things before nature takes its course. That nature can take its course quickly thereafter. The nerve of this little fucking elf to go on a Sunday show in October of 2022 and say he had nothing to do with school closures. on Gould, Tony on Gould, Fauci. That's how I spent my weekend. How did you spend yours? But this is what this is what we've been dealing with now. This is what we've been dealing with for two and a half years. These people lying and lying and lying and lying. With zero accountability because the Democrats control everything and they don't want these people to be held accountable because if these people are held accountable, then they are in turn accountable. You see, if these people are accountable, then they are in turn. The Democrats in turn are held accountable and they don't want that. They just want this to go away. They want it to simply go away. And we cannot let it go away. We cannot let it go away. Please, you know, I hang on. I just, I hang on to what, I hang on to what uh, Atlas said to me last week, which is that he, he's a hundred percent sure, one hundred percent certain, that if Republicans win, they will have hearings, and Anthony Fauci will be up there having to answer for his shit, having to answer for it. And maybe this is his old, his preparation for what's about to happen. He wants to try to change history, okay? He wants to try to change the narrative. He wants to do some revisionist history to make it look like, oh, he was on the right side of all this. He's just a voice of reason, just a voice of reason with suggestions. That's all he was, a voice of reason with simple suggestions. And, of course, we know that every Democrat, including the president of the United States, was listening to every word he said. About closures, about vaccine mandates, about everything. He was for school closures. He was for lockdowns. He was for vaccines. He was for vaccine mandates. This is real news. This is fucking reality, people. This is reality. Those are the things Tony Fauci was for for nearly three years. Yet all he does is lie and lie and lie. Lie and lie and lie. Are there any follow-ups when he does these Sunday shows? Watch these interviews. Are there any follow-ups? Do they have the video? You know, a guy named Tim Russert, some of you might be too young to know who Tim Russert was, but he did meet the press originally. Only the good die young. The old, the the fucking evil people live forever. And uh, he did meet the press, and he'd have on people both sides, both sides, liars of all sides. And he uh, would—they'd come on. Let's say some. Let's let's say someone like Fauci came on, and he'd be interviewing him and talking about you know lockdowns and school closures and how they didn't work and they hurt people. And when Fauci would say something like he said on that Sunday show that I had nothing to do with school closures, Tim Russell would say, well. Here, Listen to this. And he play the tape of Fauci talking about closing schools and the necessity in high spread areas to close schools. Then he'd say, well, there you are saying they should close schools. What do you have to say about that? Do these people do that? The tape is right there. If I have the tape, if you have the tape, ABC, CBS and NBC have the fucking tape. How come they don't do that? Because that was a real journalist, Tim Russert, a real journalist with real critical follow-up questions and evidence to show what liars the people were, who were sitting right in front of, you know, what kind of a self-respecting journalist lets an old fuck like that lie to their face? You see, Tim Russert didn't do that. Tim Russert had more respect for himself and for his industry. And he'd say, there is the tape contradicting what you're saying to me right now. Answer to it. That's real journalism. We don't have that anymore. There's no follow up question. They just get away with lies. They get away with lies, and the reporter goes on, the reporter in quotes goes on to the next topic. Let the lie go out there into the atmosphere, into the ozone, and live. Instead of stomping it out right there like a real fucking journalist with self fucking respect. Yes, I'm angry. Americans live in a world with no journalism, with no accountability, with people who are weak and lazy and fucking don't deserve the jobs and the money they make. There are people who do these things who deserve to be homeless. There are homeless people who could do these jobs better. So, that was Tony Fauci. Once again, where are we? Three weeks from tomorrow or today, if you're listening to this on Tuesday. Three short weeks. Three weeks until you can make a difference. Three weeks until you can say enough is enough. Three weeks until you can hold people like Anthony Fauci accountable. Three weeks Make sure you do the right thing. The ballots are out. In most places, the voting has begun. We're into it now. There's no longer, you know, people talk about, okay, the election's in three weeks. but the election day is in three weeks. The results stop being counted in three weeks. But we know that's not the world we live in anymore. Not too long ago, there was one day, right? Now, with all this early voting and in California, where you can print out your ballot, where you can mail in 20 ballots, you know, you could vote for other people where you could stuff ballots. Now we know that this all starts a lot earlier. So really, Election Day is now. Election Day is every day until November 8th now. So I even, uh, am, uh, you know, a little bit uh, at fault for saying, you know, it's in three weeks. But it's really the results come out in three weeks. We We are now in the voting process. So you really need to get out there and vote. Vote early can't say vote often, but I can say vote early. And make sure you do the right thing. These races are very tight. You know, I'm looking at the polls now. I'm getting to that period, usually within like, you know, the month before election day. Again, that period of looking at all the polls. I look at uh, Nate Silver and 538. And I look at, you know, I look at what polls saying. I look at what he's saying with the, you know, the odds and all that. And right now, right now, now, once again, I have something like all these, all these people who, who, compiled polls like nate silver it's just that the polls are wrong their computations are going to be wrong and they say that over and over again if the polls are off then their computations are going to be off because they get their computations from the polling that's all they got so what they try to do what someone like nate silver tries to do is he tries to say okay i've comp- he grades the pollsters which ones have been the most accurate in the past and he tries to weigh it based on the accuracy of the polls in the past, but just because these polls have been accurate in the past doesn't mean they're accurate now. If they're accurate now, his prognostications will be on target. If they're not accurate now, his prognostications will be wrong. So right now, as of like today, I just looked at it, he has the Republicans as favored to take over the House. Favored to take over the House solidly favored, let's say. But he has a Democrat slightly favored to keep the Senate, which is not good. So right now, if the polls are accurate, he thinks the Democrats would probably keep the Senate. That's not good. We have to hope the polls aren't accurate or Republicans close well these last few weeks of voting. So, you know, if you're watching other networks like MSNBC and CNN, and they're saying, oh, the Democrats are going to win the House. And if you're watching Fox and they're saying, oh, no, Republicans are going to win the Senate. It's not necessarily accurate. They're just they're hoping for these things or they're picking out the polls they like. You know, I mean, I'm watching Fox and there's this looks like, you know, Kathy Holker will lose in New York. Right. But then you look at Nate Silver and as of today, Nate Silver has Kathy Hochul with a 99% chance of winning. Almost a definite lock. So if the polls are accurate, Kathy Hochul's going to win again. We can't allow that. We can't allow the polls. We can't allow Kathy Hochul to win again. We can't allow the polls to be accurate. I mean, that's just the way it is. If the polls are accurate, the computation says that Kathy Hochul is definitely going to win again. And this goes for what Gretchen Whitmer, you know, it's like you you couldn't watch MSNBC, you know, and they'll say DeSantis is going to lose or you watch Fox and they're going to say, you know, Kathy, uh, uh, Richard Whitmer is going to lose. But it's not true, really, right now. Once again, if the polls are right, those aren't true statements. DeSantis will win and Whitmer will win. You know, so you have to really understand that if the polls are accurate, if the polls are accurate right now, the Republicans will not win the Senate. It'll be narrow. It'll be tight, but they wouldn't. They probably wouldn't. But, you know, that has also changed a little bit. I mean, a few weeks ago, it was even more positive for the Democrats in the Senate. Now it's less positive. And I believe 538 says there were four seats, four Senate seats that were now like more toss-ups. They were more heavily Democrat a month ago. Now they're more toss-ups that are giving the Republicans a better shot if those go in their favor. That's a big if. So, you know, I guess the moral of this is you got to go out there and vote. You know, you can't just believe it's a lock. You can't just believe it's a lock because the people you watch on TV are hoping it's a lock. And saying it's a lock, it doesn't mean it's a lock. You know, the the numbers matter, right? The computations matter. And the polls can be off. I mean, my point of view is that the polls are off and that Republicans will do better. They're being under-polled. Now, how much? It could be two or three points. That could be a difference in tight races. It probably won't be a difference in a place like Pennsylvania where Mastriano is like 10 points back. The polls aren't going to be that far off. They're not. I'd be shocked if they're that far off. So he's probably not going to win. But once again, in a lot of these races, things are so tight. Things are so tight. That if the polls are off and Republicans are being on the poll by two, three, four points, there could be a a big difference in, in in, in what actually happens compared to what the prognostications are right now. So like I said, get out there and vote. Don't listen to the polls. Don't listen to anything. Just vote as though your vote will make the difference. That's what I say. Vote as though your vote will tip the scales. And if everyone thinks that way, everyone will go vote. Without your vote, the candidate of your choice is gonna lose. So get out there and vote. Once again, this is so important. This is so important to have some accountability. Accountability come January, okay? Hearings about something that matters. Lockdowns matter, the economy matters, okay? That matters, that your kids couldn't go to school and are two years behind their education matters, that your business had to close matters, okay? That stuff matters. And we're going to want hearings to find out what happened, to make sure the people who did these things were held accountable, to make sure, most importantly, the most important element of all this, you cannot change the past. You want to make sure these things can't happen again. Joe, I'll get to you. I know you're hanging out there. I just want to mention one more thing to set the show up. So Fauci lies yet again, no shock. Now, Newsom, Gavin Newsom comes out. They finally, the legislature here in California, finally gets Gavin Newsom to end his never-ending state of emergency. But instead of Gavin Newsom saying, all right, let's end it now, or end at the end of the month, he says, oh, February 30th, February 30th, there's no such thing. Yeah, Gavin Newsom would say February 30th, it doesn't exist. February 20th, end of February, the last day of February, 28th. Now, why does it, (laughs) it's been going on for two and a half years. Why has it got to be three years? Why do we have to wait four more months to end the state of emergency in California? What's the point of it? What is the point of that other than just being a prick and saying, ah, I can keep it going for another four months, I'm going to do that. Why? Well, what is the point of it? We can only speculate that he's doing it just to be a prick, just on spite, that the state of emergency has to be almost nearly three fucking years long, three years long, where almost every other state has dropped it long ago, long ago. Any other country that had something like that long ago dropped it. Or we can only speculate also that he's holding on to the state of emergency through the fall and winter so he can bring back mask mandates and all these mandates if he feels COVID goes up over the winter or flu and COVID are high, he'll bring back these mandates after the election and he'll keep them in place through February. That's also a possibility. That's also a, a speculation. But the bottom line is that There's no reason for the state of emergency to still be intact, okay? An emergency doesn't last three years. There's no three-year emergency, okay? There's no such thing as a three-fucking-year emergency. That's a constant state of emergency. This is saying, well, there's a climate change emergency forever. I'm just declaring a climate emergency till the end of time. Of course, these things are ridiculous because he could drop the state of emergency and bring it back. I mean, that's what he did. He just he he just did. It. It's, it's unilateral. He doesn't need the legislature, which is, should be illegal to have the state of emergency. He can just do it. Anytime he wants. So what's the point of it? What's the point of this incredible power we give the executive? Where they can just do things whenever they want to. Surely, whenever they want to bring up a state of emergency, they'll do it. Without anyone voting on it, no votes needed, nothing needed. I mean, the legislature had no had no power, right? They had to just ask him. And he finally said, yeah, I'll end it at the in February. So I don't once again, I, I, I think that it's obviously just a power grab. The guy's just a douchebag. All right. The hair gel king just likes power. So I'm going to keep this as long as I want. And I'll end it when I damn well please. I'll end it when I damn well please. The man also has no brains. It's just an arbitrary thing. It's very arbitrary. Everything's arbitrary. Like everything everything with Democrats in COVID. They picked everything out of their ass arbitrarily. They had no backing. There was no evidence. There was no facts. There was no nothing. There was no data. They didn't care. Once again, going back to what Atlas said, he brought all the data to those meetings, and the Faucis and the Burks and the Redfields didn't have any data, didn't care. Did not care about the data. They didn't care about the data. Supposed scientists and, and, and doctors who cared nothing about data only cared about the narrative. Only cared about kissing political ass. Only cared about the political science. Which is why we need to get these political doctors out of the game. They shouldn't exist. Any doctors with political connections, okay, should not be allowed to be part of this decision-making process. People who doctors who have been political schemers and motivators and in the in the politics business the 30, 40, 50 years, should not be allowed. That should not be allowed to happen. That conflict of interest should not be allowed to happen. The house has to be totally cleaned. That's what has to happen. All right. Hey, Joe, how was your weekend? Mike, it was good. How was yours, dude? Did you have a fun weekend? Did you do anything exciting?
1: Yeah, man. I, uh, I actually did like craft stuff. I made a koi pond. And uh, it's working out pretty good. And so
0: we're working. My father had a koi pond in Brooklyn for a while. He lives in Brooklyn. And he had this koi pond outside. But he found it was really difficult to take care of it all the time. He's, you know, he's, he's 80, over 80. <laughs> And it was getting kind of difficult for him to take care of the koi pond. Yeah, time.
1: the fish, are, the fish are at a disadvantage when you have an 80-year-old uh, owner. Uh, but, like, I can tell you the same thing, like, with my, uh, you know, if I have, like, a young person watching over, like, our um, koi pond, like, new koi pond, by the way, uh, it it becomes problematic. So
0: not... That's not lost on me. Yeah, and also, you know, in New York it's like the you know, you get those really cold, snowy winters, and that's also an issue, you know, and all that nonsense. Now, you know, he always said the thing with the change, you know, the the, the the changing of the like the uh making sure it's clean and, and the and the tubing and all that stuff, that glows. It's actually quite a lot it of work. It is a lot of work. But it's not it's not you know, give yourself, yeah, dinner, not kidding. You know,
1: uh, it's a lot of work, but uh, between like Tucson and Phoenix here, uh, you know, we get like 20 days of freezing that you got to worry about, so it's it's like generally not a problem for um, freeze, you know, freeze warnings and things like that, right.
0: You're 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 in where
1: now? Which city are you in? You're in Phoenix, yeah. right? Yeah, or Tucson. Yeah, uh, Phoenix. In, I'm in between Phoenix and
0: Tucson, right? So I used to live in between. I think we had the, did we have this discussion? Yeah. Well, we had discussion. When I was living in Flagstaff and ran for Congress, yeah. but did we have discussion did I told you I lived in Arizona City? Yeah. And you blew me yeah. away.
1: You were a and, Democrat.
0: Yeah, like yeah, and Cas- Casa Grande. Cas- what, what I've what I've heard though is that area between Phoenix and Tucson has really built up now, huge. right? Yeah, it used to be like you'd have like Phoenix, and you'd have Casa Grande, and then you'd have Tucson, and nothing. But now I hear that's all filling in with Casa Grande
1: right? was like a ghost land. Like you know, if you want to go ever go and like film footage of like you know defunct like um, malls or like any you know just like there was a real thing, but quantitative easing. And, you know, this the thing that bothers me, Mike, uh, is, you know, like conservatives who are always, you know, talking about, you know, just like being real about capitalism competition in the marketplace and the Fed juicing of like 80 billion bucks a month. You know, just juicing the real estate market, whether it's co- you know, most of it goes to commercial real estate and, like, propping up this thing. And This is this is a real problem, dude. And
0: we're oh, yeah. still, we're still yeah, in it. Go ahead, Mike. Now, I, mean, I, think, I, I think I have a, a unique perspective because I think there are very few people in this country who can say they've lived in a city of 8 million, New York City, and a city of 3,000, Arizona City. Right. I've lived in one of the biggest, I've lived in the biggest city in the country, one of the smallest cities in the country. And so I really know the difference in mindset between the people who live in a major city and in a not suburban, rural, man, rural area where you have to drive 20 miles to go to a supermarket. I I know that feeling. And I thought living in Arizona city, I didn't live there very long, but I lived there for a while. And uh, I thought I was going to really like, be like a fish out of water and totally hate it. And to tell you the truth, while it was obviously a different experience than living in a city with a lot of amenities and such, it wasn't a bad experience. I mean, I, I thought that it was. I thought that it was really unique and interesting, getting to understand that kind of life and and the ideals of those kinds of yeah. people, and how they differ with the big city people. And there are major reasons why they differ. With the with the, with the you know the major city people look look at all the look at all the money those people have to spend on gas yeah. right compared to someone that lives in Brooklyn <laughs> there's no comparison you're in Brooklyn most people don't even have cars in Manhattan you know <clears throat> but if you're in Arizona City or Casa Grande and you know you're driving as living in Arizona City we would drive to the supermarket in Casa Grande fifteen twenty miles each way. And you realize, my God, you know, you want to go to a restaurant, Casa Grande, you know. You, so it's like it's really different. It's a really different lifestyle. And the, the people are different. Obviously, there was a, a, a real interesting group of Democrats in Arizona City, too. But there were also a lot of Republicans. In fact, the guy who was living across from me was this ex-cop who had an arsenal in his, in his garage, man. I mean, arsenal. Yeah weapons i mean everything grenades yeah. you know guns ammo uh, not lost he was a retired cop he wasn't a nut job he wasn't like a terror domestic terrorist he wasn't gonna kill anybody he had this great german shepherd who was like the most well-trained german shepherd I've ever seen in my life and he was a nice guy and you, he got to know me and at the beginning, what, it's like, what, oh, what, this what, fucking hey, guy. Hey, from- but Mike, what if
1: you, what what if you fell in defiance of his uh, articulation of like, I stockpile weapons, like when you fight, when when you like roll up in me. Thing I worry about, like these guys, and like you feeling safe and all that—that's fine and dandy, but like. Like, I smell that. Like, when you tell me that, that smells weird to me, Mike.
0: But it wasn't weird. At first, well, what I'll say is, at first glance, it was weird to me and uncomfortable. But then as you get to know the guy, you realize this is just like a hobby, like anyone else's hobby. Okay. And there was nothing there like, oh, I'm keeping these to fight the government. You know, it was just simply this is my hobby. This is my, these are things I like. A lot of them were like antique stuff too. It was like, this is what I like doing. This is my hobby and I have a right to do it. And he's right, he does. And it was, he, he knew, at, remember at that point, we're talking 2004, I was uh, campaigning uh, for John Kerry at that time. He knew that, but he wasn't. He was a Bush <laughs> guy and he knew I was a Kerry guy and he was, there was no animosity. There was no hatred. There was no dude, uncanceling. you, dude, dude.
1: dude. Weird me yeah. out when you tell me like you are a carry guy and like and like we're where we are where we're at right now. Isn't that a weird
0: spot? Well, once again, I think it gives me perspective because I've seen all the sides, I've been on all the different sides, you know, not just living in a big city in a small town, but also you know, having been part of one yeah. group, yeah, and now being part of another group. I the think it's character- there more people like. Look, look, wait a minute. I don't think you should force it. I don't I don't think people like have to go from group to group, you know. But I think it gives you a better perspective than just saying, I am a Republican my whole life, and I will never change, and I will never look in any Democrat and the same as the other side. I am a Democrat, and no matter what, I will never vote John, for Republican in yeah, my life. Yeah,
1: and point taken on that, Mike. Um, shout out to that. But like with that being said, is John Kerry the Is he the um, articulator of like what the left is going to be like, dude, like that is neoliberalism at like uh, at the time? Yeah. No, no, no. Not at the time. Joe Biden. And and let me say this and I'll shut up. I want to hear your response, Mike. Wait, wait, wait. Joe Biden is it, it is ultra neoliberalism in control right now, like firmly and like John, John Kerry, this is his wet dream.
0: Go ahead. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the amazing thing about John Kerry. If you look at him, he was in Vietnam, right? He came out and he protested the war when he had a a thick Boston accent that he totally lost for some reason. (laughs) And and at that time when he was protesting the war in the seventies, he was not a neoliberal, you know, he was more of an anti-war. Who's in charge now? No, that's what I mean. What I'm saying is that then John Kerry got into the political game, became a senator, blah, 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 and became a neoliberal. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. He lost his quote-unquote radical roots once he started to get into the D.C. system. Uh, But, 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 what I'm saying is in, in the perspective of 2004. Yeah, but who's in charge
1: now, Mike? With John Kerry being like, Hillary Clinton and, like, you look at all this weird neoliberal.
0: They're all in the same group. Hillary. They're all in the same group. Go ahead. Yeah, they're all in the same group. Okay. Like Hillary, Biden, the same group. Yeah, but how Kerry, do, you, how do the Republicans uh, yeah. differ? Go ahead, Mike. In what way, though? Just, Republicans differ in what way? Oh, you want me to explain? Yeah, be just be specific. When you say how the Republicans differ from Kerry and Biden uh, neo- and neoliberalism,
1: like neoliberalism right now is firmly in control in the Democrat Party. Um, and mm-hmm. like you look at like any uh, Republican that is in defiance, like you can't wait. Like the uh, neoliberal can't wait to mail money to Ukraine, Mike. You know that. Yeah. and And <laughs> at the end of the day, but Trump, mailed missile systems to Zelensky um, and him mm-hmm. showing up Johnny Lately, and just saying yeah no 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 no, hold on like we got a problem here there's going to be a problem we're going to create w- World War 3 like dude mm-hmm. he was the the smallest dick in the room when people showed up and like were like ready to negotiate that like Trump was a putz uh
2: well,
0: go ahead. I, I, I I disagree with you. With, I'll agree with you in one way in that the Republicans and Democrats, when it comes to this war stuff, are almost exactly the same. <clears throat> There's very little difference. But I I don't think Trump was a putz. I think a lot of leaders, because of his personality, were kind of afraid of him because he was not controllable, because he was what they were looking he for.
1: Emailed, it, dude, Mike, if he mailed uh, Zelensky, like air defense missiles. And like, and he's shown up, but then he shows up yesterday and he's like, oh, no, no, no. Hold on. Let's get control of this problem. Like when Joe Biden is like firmly in control in Barack Obama's John Brennan uh, ideology, right. like, dude, that is the worst look yeah. in the world. Victoria Newland, like just picking yeah. like who's yeah. going to be the leader Of Ukraine, like, but to say that, like, a bunch of Republicans aren't butt boys to that situation, like, dude, come on, man. Oh, sure. Well,
0: everyone is. I mean, there's, like I said, when you look at the, to tell you the truth, when you look at the Democratic side, I cannot find one person, even the so called uh, progressives who are, who's supposed to be anti war. Who are against with all, the, all against all the money we've sent to the Ukraine? I can only, at least on the Republican right. side, I can see one person, Rand Paul, and that's about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who I know. Yeah, yeah. and and yeah.
1: Mike, shout out to you because the, uh, you know, the um, Nancy Pelosi has taken control. This is a firmly in control neoliberal. Um, you know party uh AOC has been neutered uh uh anybody else who is like you know Jamal Bowman neutered like there there's nothing showing up there like but with that being said what is the republican response it's some like kind of like feeling of like yeah i think there's something going on in terms of like we're not going to you know, go pro war, but that has been their their like bread and butter since you know the sixties. And
2: yeah. yeah, and I mean look, like, look, this, you know, and, look, and this, I just don't want saying. to sign
1: off and just say, oh my God, I'm so disgusted in Joe uh Lieber, uh Joe Lieberman. Joe <laughs> Hey another one. yeah 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 another no they're <laughs> the same like like Joe Biden and Joe Lieberman their politics are the fucking <laughs> <Yeah>. same right <laughs>
0: Right, right, right. Well, well, you know, here, look, the fact of the matter is, is that with the war stuff, the thing about the thing that, look, normally, if it was two no-name countries, I would say let them go at it, you know, let them just go at each other. But with Ukraine and Russia, the problem is, of course, the bigger problem is, of course, nuclear war, right? I mean, that's that's the end game problem we have here is that, and I think someone, some experts, some military experts or whatever, some people who who put odds on these things, last I heard, gave it like a twenty five percent chance of nuclear yeah, yeah, war. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's fucking Dude, dude, high, dude man. you you are
1: a uh, a tactician. You are uh, clearly a capitalist, and you are like clearly a guy who's gonna run like scenario numbers. If if you are that guy and you show up and you say, yeah, you know what? Hold on. We're just going to let everything loose. We're going to let the, uh, the numbers, uh, game run against, like nobody's going to sign off on that, dude. No, like, you know, nobody's going to say, yeah, you know what? Let's, let's, uh, gamble nuclear warfare. Like, in a meaningful way like let's like let us policy run in the way that the cia controlled the um the narrative in the united states and saying like we're supporting ukraine oh my god they're under attack you know like at the end of the day like you got six hundred thousand people in this country that go bankrupt medically you think that like you're going to show up and tell me like as a uh, a government you're like oh hold on we're concerned about Ukraine they're under attack you don't give a fuck about like as a government um your 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 countrymen who are going bankrupt medically when they can't afford a uh medical emergency you know nobody's showing right. up like nobody's showing up it Joe Biden says what hold on there's a a student uh hold on, the crisis with uh, student debt? $10,000. Like, thanks. Like, you know, show up and give me a hangnail. You know, like uh, cure, cure all. Like, this is ridiculous, dude. And But the Republicans on the other side of it are like, they are so, like, CRT engaged. Like, which... Bathrooms should, uh, you know, uh, Bruce Jenner use? They're mm-hmm. disengaged, dude. Like this is not happening. At a, at like you can't have a, a a two two part like political positioning. You can, but I would say that if a hundred million people didn't vote, you gotta you gotta factor that in somewhere right and then if if you have like super majorities that say look i want single-payer look i want to take my colleges back from uh wall street look i want industrial policy yeah not weird uh look i want um elder care i want child care i want like advanced uh community discussions I want and 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 you know what, Mike? Here's the big deal. I want like, um, you know this this like, um, collective, like, like you look at the value of like universities and the, like, what they come up with in terms of like solutions and things like that. You know, Mm -hmm. this is a uh. Uh, a national sovereignty wealth fund that we've got to be real with. Like you look at, like, we are so shafted, like whether it's like, you know, this, that, or the other thing, like, dude, like we, the people are getting face fucked
0: and it's not cool. Yeah. But no, true. It's very true. Yeah, yeah, But but once again, I, I want to really get back. I want to get back to, you know, the, the idea of uh, of 2004 and uh, was the Iraq war, obviously. And I was uh, totally against the Iraq war. And so John Kerry was the very, 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 as you know, very, very weak, <laughs> weak opposition to George W. Bush. Um, there needed to be someone much stronger, you know, uh, as far as the opposition to the Iraq war and using the Iraq war to to win that election, which he didn't do very well. You know, and he let he he let George W. Bush and the Republicans pigeonhole him, you know, as as a you know wishy washy guy, if what they call flip flop him, flip flopper, and all that stuff, and control the narrative instead of him controlling the narrative, and uh, and, and you know really using the the uh, ever growing, ever growing distaste for the Iraq War. Now, unfortunately, the timing wasn't great for Kerry, because when that election happened. It wasn't. People had not totally turned on the Iraq war yet. They were turning. But I believe if that election were, were held a year later, it would have been a different story. But one thing, he was also a weak candidate. He was also incredibly as most of these neoliberal Democrats are very weak candidates. You know, he was a very weak candidate. He was not strong enough. And and that was, uh, you know, um, a big issue. You know, you know, also Mike, Mike, the guy was kind of the guy was kind of a stiff Frankenstein type character. He had no real personality. Yeah, and that was true. So in this country. That kind of a thing is a killer when it comes to running for president.
1: What should what should have like in terms of you're trying to bridge like conservatives and what you're talking about, your criticisms against John Kerry and the and What is the bridging factor to like the handshake <laughs> that? Like you know, I'm a leftist libertarian. Like, <laughs> what is my handshake with a conservative, and like, where where do we like collect?
0: Um, I think. Uh, well, I think you, you you the handshake should be. I I would say mostly on on the idea of I mean, not on the idea of, of 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 a free society, of a non authoritarian society, right? Of a society where that's not big government, where the people the the people aren't aren't at the submission of big government and the big government authoritarian telling them what to, what they can and can't do. I think that is a handshake with with libertarians and the right, uh, or or you know the social liber How will you call yourself a social libertarian? And uh, yeah, and left 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 libertarian <laughs> and 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 the conservatives. You know, I think I think the agreement would probably be. On the idea of a free and open society, you know and uh, yeah, you, yeah. you can have your agreements and disagreements within that framework, but I think on the yeah. general framework would be that you know we have a, a non authoritarian government let 's put it this way: a government that works for us we don't work we don't, we don't work for them we don 't take orders from them, they take orders from us, and I think that's what 's been very lost here over the last few years is that we we tell them what goes they don 't tell us what goes. And that's the that's the problem with big government. Big government is we are the government. We are here to tell you what's best for you. We are here to be your father and protector and uh, parent. And you listen to what we say or else that can't yeah. be. And I think you can agree with that. I can agree with that. The conservatives are going are gonna, to agree with that. But I don't think from what I've seen over the last three years. East, thousand Democrats and progressives agree with that. Yeah. That,
1: you know. Yeah. 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 Point taken, Mike. And, uh, and I think you bring up some really good points. But, like, the macro thing, like, what you don't say is that, um, for profit politics is where things are at today. Yeah. And we, we, we are not like, you know, there's nobody makes more money than Chuck Schumer. There's Mm -hmm. nobody makes more money than Nancy Pelosi. Mm -hmm. She inside trades, uh, Mm -hmm. but you don't see, like you've got all these Republicans that are lining up. They can't wait to inside trade with Nancy under the guise of like, oh my God, big government. What? Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I'm so, I'm panicking. I I, I'm, I'm surrounded by big government. Really bro? Like just don't. Don't be a faggot, you know, just fucking show up and man up and like, and, and, and just like say, you know, what, what the problem is. Like, if you got a problem, man up, you know, and like at the end of the day, the for-profit politics, like, let's not lie. This is where things are happening. And uh, you know, the Kennedy school of government is talking about how you can, make profits and exploit government uh advancements from corporate um interests
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: and like you know this is not a we the people thing you know and this is thing that has been removed and uh i don't think that the republicans represent that in the least and like the democrats they are so far removed like it's it's what allows them to like run away to um, you know, just uh, Ukrainian uh, constraints. Yeah, and, yeah, and like, uh, but I mean, the Republicans are the like the biggest clowns in the room.
0: Yeah, because well, there are some are yeah. not I mean, you know, once again, I, I try to look at the. You uh, talk about elections. You try to look at individual races and what the candidates are saying. You know, I don't. I don't like to say. All this party saying this, all this party saying that. Like, so, what are these candidates? What are the individual candidates saying? What are they? What are they conveying? And once again, what are they saying and conveying? Not what is the other party saying they're conveying. You know, there's this thing where they'll say, "Oh, this this this, is this Republican running right? is such an extremist nutcase." Then you'll talk to them, or you'll say, "What do you believe on this?" And they start talking. You go, "Well, you sound pretty." i might have to agree with you. I may not agree with you on anything, but you don't sound like a nutcase. You sound like a pretty common sense person. But the other party is always trying to say, oh, this is an extremist, a crazy extreme, a crazy Trumpy Trumper extremist. And it's just not true. So yes, what the dude, Democrats, Democrats will try to do is right. put this general anti-Trump narrative out there and say, which has no logic to it at all, a common sense, that every Republican running is a Trump is Trump. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Come on! Yeah, no,
1: and Trump victimization. Like, go ahead and you no, like, yeah, like, yeah. I mean,
0: it's just like, you know what? It's just like the it's just like the Republicans saying that every Democrat running is AOC or Nancy Pelosi. It's just not true. That's not the truth. You have to. Well, take it's the- not true.
1: But super majorities want Medicare for all, single payer. Super majorities want like to take our colleges back from Wall, Wall Street. Super majorities want elder care, child care like community uh in a sense of like from um national industrial policy super majorities want like uh they they want um national um they want se- national security through national sovereignty and like the wealth producing sovereignty of uh, from like the universities and the education that they, you know, provide. Right. But we like roll in with like corporate dominance and yeah. like, and yeah. it's not happening, dude. No, I know. It, I know. Yeah. And thank you for being real. Yeah. And like, and, and the other thing of this is, is like, you know, if you're, if, if you are a conservative and you're not offended by five conservative, like, you know uh you know insurance companies that are running the uh you know 50 states and there's no competition in the marketplace mm. like bro you want to give me a good handshake I got a good handshake but if I've got to ridicule somebody for like showing up as some fake putts you know like saying yeah no uh health in this country like no we should have five insurance companies that roll up and they handle all of our health care like uh blue cross blue shield handling 90 percent of california what yeah if i'm a if i'm a republican butt boy like i'm just gonna say yeah no 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 hold on no 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 they've done it they've got to the top of the heap like they deserve the uh the uh access to the uh working capital and like next question
0: like fuck off you just said I'm sure. I'm glad you brought Blue Shield. Blue, Blue Shield. That's my provider, Blue Shield of California. And I just got, as I do this time of year every year, their renewal package for next year. And just like every fucking year, I open up that package. You know, you have to open up with trepidation. How much is it going to go up this year? They want. Yeah. They're raising my plan, Joe, a hundred and fifty dollars. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They're raising my plan $150 and they give you this mumbo jumbo of why they must do this. Costs are going up, costs are going you know, all this bullshit. And now what I have to do. So there you go. So there, you're, there, you, there you have to do. You're, you're at the submission of the healthcare company, right? They say this is going up $150. OK, but I also have the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare. But now I have to hope. So now I have to rely on the government of California, right, raising my premium. My uh, tax subsidy premium to cover the cost of the hundred and fifty dollar increase, which they usually do. They'll usually maybe raise the the premium I get a hundred, you know, the the uh, subsidy I get a hundred bucks. And therefore, the policy will only go up fifty bucks. They usually do that, but I have to rely on them. So here I am relying on the healthcare industry, right? And I'm relying on the government. So this is where they want us, Joe. This is where they want. Yeah,
1: yeah, but but but. You know, Mike, loud and clear, and I, I, uh, you know, shout out to your pain and suffering, but like, you know, what I would ask you is like, you know, like, bro, like, come on, man, you know, they are feeding you a dog and pony show, like bronze, silver, platinum, gold uh, programs, like, come on, dude, don't show up with that. And when Republicans are saying, "Yeah, no, seventy-six percent of the time," like we 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 showed up, or uh, pardon me, seventy-six uh, times we showed up in the House of Representatives when we control power, like we tried to shut down Obamacare, like you didn't shut down, like butt boy corporatism, uh, Republicans. And at the end of the day, like the worst thing I ever heard, Mike, is like when they don't show up and they don't talk about like competition and crashing price, Mm -hmm. you know, through competition in the marketplace. Like if you have India who is like doing open heart surgery for four thousand five hundred bucks and I've got every clown in my Family, Mike. It's it's not just us calling in on call in or this. I've got clowns in my family. Like say, oh no, bro, my cousin. This is the the way we do it. It's comp. You know, yeah, four thousand bucks. Uh, you can get your heart surgery done in India. Like, dude, we should be crashing the market with that business business example. Yeah. It's not happening because i got a bunch of clown Republican cousins who are, by the way, like I have like major farming cousins that are cashing government paychecks in their Like, you know, just like cashing out like uh, uh, commodities in farm growing subsidies, like and they, they think that it's capitalism in the marketplace, like. Dude, I'm so outraged at the Republican ignorance on this. Like, Mike, I'd love for you to like, you know, if you can help me out in that. But like, I, I'm surrounded by idiots and they don't they don't observe competition in the marketplace. They stand around. Yeah, I get it. They stand it. I... around when, 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 uh, uh, uh. do you think that like, you Please. know, uh Blue Cross Blue Shield owns California? Are you fucking kidding me?
0: Yeah, and they basically do. I mean, I, I, you, your Thanksgiving because
1: why, Mike? Because why, Mike?
0: Because that is the system, Joe. That's Thank the, you. That's there the you system. go, brother. That's Thank the system you. we can have here. Great Joe.
1: handshake.
0: Great handshake. Thank well, you, brother. But it is right. I mean, that is. The, I mean, that's, yeah. the, that's the that's the fact of the matter. It's Shout just, out to you. <laughs> Shout <laughs> out to you. Here. You know, we're not. I, I've never said this shouldn't be changed. You know that we don't need major, major you know, uh, it changes when it comes to healthcare. Of course we do here. There's no doubt about it. You know, right. someone once mentioned this to me, I don't know if I've had the total grasp of it, but I, I, I have a, a conservative friend, someone who was a Republican for life, much longer than I have ever been. I'm really not a Republican, but you know what I mean? Like your yeah. relatives. And and he, this suggestion was interesting. I said, so come on, what is your, come on, what is the, what is you as a Republican? What I said, what is your answer to this? If you think, and he agreed, that the healthcare system is, is whacked in this car. I said, so what's your suggestion? <laughs> His suggestion was, this was very interesting, no healthcare, no health insurance, no health, insur- com- no health insurance company. What? And I said, no health, no health insurance companies, how does that work? Well, he said, if this, the reason why these doctors make so much money and hospitals make so much money is because the healthcare industry pays them, right? The healthcare companies pay them all this money. What if it was a system where doctors, and hospitals, whatever, had to accept what you could afford, they had to. There was no health insurance company to give them a big check. There's no health. Mike, there's, no, there's no middleman. Think about Mike, that. What? Think about yeah. Joe, Mike, what, what do you think about that? Mike, idea? What
1: if it was single payer, Mike? What if it was single payer? Go ahead.
0: What, 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 so what you're saying is the government pays them, right?
1: Yeah, but what you're saying is, like, uh, the market willingness to pay them, but yet you've got this radical, like, fundamentalism, like, uh, organized corporate structure that can purchase, uh, uh, you know, uh, we the people from our like government uh representatives like our senators and our house of representatives you can't have a system that is for profit that can purchase these people and like talk about like you know the existential crisis of
0: you know like joe, this guy no, joe wait a minute one more th- i want to daniel. Dan- I get to daniel but i want you to answer one more question for me okay when you look at, let's say, uh, something like the old way, like Little House in the Prairie, right? You'd go to your doctor, you go to your local doctor, and the doctor would say that's $3, that's $2.50, right? And you go, okay. Or if often in those cases, you would say, I can only afford a dollar, the doctor would take it. The next guy who's wealthy, the doctor would say, pay me $5. And the guy would say, of course I can afford that, here's your $5, right? That's the way that system used to be, right? The doctor didn't say, okay, here's your health. In- the health insurance company is going to pay you $85 for this, something that really should only cost $5. So that is the thing. Think about a system like that. I know we're in a much bigger country now, a much bigger society. But the idea of a doctor. It's going to go there. It's going to go around that right. point. The, the idea of the small-town doctor, but make that worldwide, make that nation- nationwide. Think about that yeah. idea. Why did it work then, and it can't work now?
1: Yeah, I don't. I I don't like uh, framing things up on the little house on the
0: prairie. Like, no, no, but that's, 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 a, that's But that's the way things used to work. Yeah, no, country. no, no. But I understand. But I mean,
1: like you know, like to all the conservatives who are like, you know, exposing these points, like you know, if if they can't like bring up a place you know, of, like, safe haven, like, do you think that medical healthcare in this country is so based that, like, everything's cool, we don't have to discuss things, like, conservatives can roll forward and just like, oh my god, I'm disturbed about, like, uh, Obamacare, which is a corporate fucking ranked out, like, you've roll. never seen a corporate Frankenstein until you've you seen uh, Obamacare frankenstein healthcare. go ahead yeah and i mean like to sit here and say like hold on i'm gonna take even a smaller piece and i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, absorb this argument and i'm gonna take it and like you know as a conservative like no 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 no, we're going more extreme we're gonna like break it down even more uh esoteric like from corporatism and we're gonna ignore like uh uh india when they do like heart Surgery for four thousand five hundred bucks. Yeah. but we can't integrate it here because Republicans are sitting here talking about the sanctity of right. uh, capitalism, yeah. and like you've got neoliberals like Joe Biden just being the biggest bitch of, you know, five insurance companies in you know in, in the world, and nobody's talking about the seventy percent uh of republicans and conservatives that want to come together and say yeah you know what i'm for single payer i just i i want to like i want to get back in the market but i don't feel like um uh, you know everything right now is uh commodified yeah if you're a conservative like and you like this is your wet dream yeah. like you've got you have got commodified health health care for your elderly, your child care, your health care, like your um education. You know, you wanna you wanna go to school, like roll up, dude. You know, yeah. go go to your Wall
0: Street daddy. Joe. Get your luck. Thanks. Uh, Thanks. Joe, let me go to Daniel. Thanks for the call though. I appreciate your help. I appreciate your yeah, call. Yeah, dude, I'm gonna leave the room. Peace out. Good conversation. Yes, thank you. Okay. But before I get down, I wanna say that's the problem with Obamacare is that it was, it's really just helped the insurance companies make more because they've gotten more customers. They've got millions of more customers than they had before Obamacare, people who couldn't afford health insurance at all. But it may be helping a very small – say it helped me – it may be helping a very small section of the country. It's a very small demographic that can afford it and that it actually helps. But the problem being – that it just gives the insurance companies more money. Like I said, Blue Shield is now raising their premium $150. The government will cover most of that, but that's going to go towards the health insurance companies. So they just get richer and richer and richer from this. That's 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 Obamacare. It is basically garbage. Daniel. What's up, Daniel?
2: Hey, Mike. Um, you know, I I don't understand uh, Joe at all. Um he just um keeps repeating himself. I mean, I, I just think I listened to I don't know how long he was on fifteen minutes. He just kept on saying over and over and over again that he wants free stuff. Um, he wants free healthcare. Um, it's I just don't I don't think it, I don't think he understands that that's not a um a winning message to, to many people in in, in this country. Um, give me free stuff um, is is not a winning message. People, what people want to hear is what are you willing to do for it. What are you willing to do for if we're going to put this money into our healthcare system for, and, and switch over to single payer? What are you willing to give for it? If you're just sitting back and saying, "Give me free stuff," forget it. You, you're not going to get it.
0: Well, I know your feeling on this. You want people to 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 put effort into losing weight.
2: I, I want mean, people to put put effort into, into their it, into
0: the health, into their actual health, right? Into
2: their into their into their actual health, and and, and on top of it, Joe just uses just ridiculous. Numbers to try to to support his um, perspective. I mean, he keeps on bringing up India. He did this last time he was on. Seventy-five uh, percent of Indians pay their healthcare expenditures out of pocket, and as we all know, insurance, because of its because of its decoupling from from actual provider of service to the recipient of service, is inflationary. It, it, it's, it's it's. There's no question about this and one of the big reasons that in, that uh, india can do a 4000 something odd dollar uh, uh cabbage coronary artery bypass graft surgery there's two big reasons for that one is that they're paying most of their cost out, out of pocket it drives down the uh, the uh, cost and number two and this is huge show their mean uh annual income in india what do you think it is it's about twenty times less than that in the United States. So you may look at it and think four thousand bucks. Well, that four thousand bucks is worth about eighty thousand to an Indian. I mean, come on, get real. Don't just pull this one number out of your ass and think that it compares somehow from from us to to the United States. It's all relative, Joe. I mean, for Christ's sakes. I mean, this this is. <laughs> This is this is just this is an asinine discussion Joe. Tell me tell me what you're going to do for this free step and, and we can begin there. Tell me tell me tell me how we're going to get our expenditures from healthcare down from approximately 20 or more percent right now to where it was in the 1980s of approximately 7% or so and then we can go from there. Tell me what you're going to do for this. If you don't have any, if you're not going to do anything if you're not going to get your BMI down to a healthy way, if you're not going to support the incentives for people to get their BMI down to it healthy and have a carrot and stick here, then people are going to just say fuck off. They're going to say we're going to stick with the uh, with the system we got and we're going to battle it out freaking forever.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, a big reason why healthcare is so expensive here is because people here are in shit shape. We know that, yeah. but th- but this is like. Something well, no, well, that have it's, to admit the government wants you in bad shape. It's more money. The healthcare industry wants you in bad shape. They want you to that, have to go to a doctor more. They want you to have to. They want you to have to need drugs for diabetes. Right. That
2: is a very difficult calculation to to to, to try to see whether there's actual incentive for the healthcare industry to keep people in bad shape. That's a difficult calculation. It, well, it's but, it's, it's, but not, it's Daniel, not a
0: difficult calculation. It makes them money. It makes them more money.
2: It does make them more money, but it also costs more money too. It, no, it, no. And, and you got to look at what the margin is. I understand that, but I, think, I, I don't know enough about what their okay. margin is. I'll ask, Daniel. I'll, I'll make this simple.
0: So why doesn't this government then? Why don't healthcare the healthcare industry put some money and effort into an advertising campaign, such as lose weight, get healthy? Why don't they do that? They have the money.
2: They had the money to put all this money into advertising campaigns for masks and vaccines. Why does the government? Here's here's the better question. Why does the government even need to do that? Every single one of us knows that no. obesity, overweight. You don't even have to be obese. Yeah. Just being overweight is a freaking killer. That is your path to diabetes. You don't have to be obese to have diabetes, type two diabetes, and that is a path to coronary well,
0: artery Daniel, disease. Daniel, I agree with you hundred percent. But look. The government, the healthcare industry, big pharma put a lot of money. They put a lot of money into pushing their drugs. They put a lot of money into getting the vaccine. Why? Because it makes money for them. So, if people, if let's let's look logic here, okay? Let's look the logic, the through line here. If people being healthier was more profitable
2: for them, they would do that, wouldn't they? No, not necessarily. It's 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 all about looking at the at the margins, and and it's it's a pointless argument at this point. Everybody knows how to take care of their own health. They don't need the government telling them. The government did miss an opportunity. They would miss an opportunity to say to everybody, hey, um, this, this uh, SARS-CoV-2, it's really only affecting people that are in really bad shape. And and the primary reason that uh, uh, American citizens are in really, really, really bad shape is obesity. They missed that opportunity to, to drill that point in and try to motivate people. But every single human being in the United States knows that obesity is the number one path to the number one killers in this country, which are still coronary artery disease. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. You don't need the government really to tell you that. The government did miss an opportunity to drive that home, but you don't really need to that. They don't miss an opportunity. That. They did
0: it on purpose. They don't miss an opportunity. Come on. <laughs> they they well, no, they,
2: of course. They, they, whether they did it on purpose or not is irrelevant. Everybody knows it.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm just saying if they if they if they wanted to do it, they would have done it right. They wanted to what? Look, at, look at the coordinated effort they had into mass and vaccines. I mean, Daniel, there was a coordinated effort into pushing vaccines well before the vaccine was even available. OK, they got everyone on track. They got the big big media, big tech, everyone. Everyone was aligned, ready to go. Their ads were pre-canned, ready to go. So if they want to put effort into something, they'll do it. They'll do it, especially if it means more profits for them. They'll do it. But I still believe that it makes sense for the system, the healthcare industry and so on and so forth, to keep people needing drugs, to keep people unhealthy, to keep people needing to see doctors all the time, to go to the hospital all the time, to go to the ER all the time. That makes them a lot more money in the long run than if people look like they did in Sweden. I really do. And most healthy as they are in places like Sweden and Switzerland and France.
2: Sweden Sweden <laughs> has an obesity rate that's probably around. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember from, from I've never seen five. a fat Swede. Have you ever seen a fat Swede? It's probably around 25 percent, as
0: compared to our 40. Uh, yeah, so
2: 40. what's France?
0: France has got to be like
2: two. France?
0: <laughs> They're so skinny there. No,
2: France. France is is, is not that much different from Sweden but most most mostly, most of europe is is hovering somewhere around 25% as compared except for uk they're up there I think around 30% check the numbers as okay, okay, from okay, memory i know you but, might but know the, U, but the okay, us is the okay. us is a big outlier it, technically, it's up to around 40% technically wait a minute technically
0: with bmi and all that even i'd say body fat's more important technically yes maybe 25% are considered more weight than they should have but how many people what are Obese. wait a minute what do you think the percentage is in places like France and Sweden and Switzerland of really morbidly obese people compared to this country?
2: I, I, I you can look up the numbers online; that they're, they're available for, from memory. When I'm when I'm, what I remember is that the UK is somewhere around thirty percent, maybe no, let's as high I, as thirty. Wait, wait, to... wait, wait! Just let me finish. Go ahead. Yeah, the, the UK is somewhere around thirty thirty five percent. Um, most other European countries, including Sweden, are somewhere around 25% obesity. Um, and that's what we're comparing. So we got to compare apples to apples. And the United States, that obesity rate is somewhere around 40 to 43%, if I remember correctly. Clearly, the US has a lot more obese people. But it's not zero. It's not like Japan where they have a 4% obesity rate or Bangladesh where they have like a less than 4% obesity yeah, no, that's true rate. That. The
0: Asian countries especially very low. I mean, Japan's very low. Japan's extremely low. Yeah. Absolutely. There's no doubt about and, it.
2: And India it isn't even all that great for, for, for obesity. They're probably near um, where, where the where UK is, or, or yeah. not UK, where, where most of Europe is, which is probably in the 20%, around 20 But I think it's also more than, I think it's more than just, it's more than just lifestyle. I think
0: a lot of these things, depending on the country or it's genetics, right? I mean, genetics plays a big part in all this. And I think right. the genetics of the Japanese are much better when it comes to BMI and body weight and, and all that compared to Americans, and Europeans, you know, so.
2: Genetic, genetics doesn't play much for role when it comes to obesity. Everyone across it we have a, a global oh look at Italian
0: families. Pandemic. They're all fat. All, all of my Italian family. You know, I, I'm just I'm yeah. just, I'm half joking. I'm half joking. But I mean, yes, I, I don't know. I, I I'm not totally sure about that. I think if both of your parents are obese, you probably have a
2: better chance of being obese, don't you? Than if you both of your parents are lean and in shape. T- take anybody from, from one of these countries, Bangladesh or Japan, and transplant them to the United States, <laughs> and, and, and and they are going to be adopting and within a couple of generations the the basic behaviors similar to the rest of the, the to the U.S., and they're going to be as obese as anybody else. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm just I'm sorry. I want to say I, I have a rule. I have a rule, and the rule is one: you can call once per show. Okay, so I know Joe is pining to get back on. He's writing. Oh,
2: I don't, I don't, I know, I don't want to talk to Joe. Joe's no, he's he's
0: writing stuff. He's writing quotes like you are a soy boy, and what, (laughs) and you are all that stuff. But but Joe, I am not going to put you back on because I don't want one. I had you on for like twenty minutes. I think that's more than fair. And some shows have a once a week rule. I don't. I have a once a a show rule, and I am on five days a week. So Joe, if you want to call tomorrow, and get right back at Daniel. And whoever else, you are more than welcome. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually, <laughs> I do have, I do, I am putting a rule into effect. If it wasn't official before today,
2: so. oh, I, 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 see all of Joe's childish um, insults on there, Joe. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not a soy boy. Um, I, I do like soy a lot. I do a lot, of soy, like soy a lot. But I'm, um, I'm not a soy boy, Joe. I'm no softy, buddy.
0: Even though you do like tofu, you like tofu though. You have to admit that, right?
2: Oh I, yeah, yeah, I love tofu. I'm, I'm, love I'm, to- I'm in fantastic shape, Joe. Daniel, <laughs> that, I'm gonna let me go to Loki. Daniel. Oh, Joe's so. call me a bitch. <laughs> Joe, uh, man. You you. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get in with, into it <laughs> yeah. with this guy. But this. What, what, very Joe.
0: interesting people. I lived amongst them for years. I, Arizonans are interesting.
2: Joe? Joe, jo, jo, where do you live? Type on here where you live.
0: I told, he lives in Arizona. He lives between Phoenix and, and Tucson.
2: Okay, Joe? Jo, I'd be willing to call you a bitch right to your face, little boy.
0: Okay, this is this conversation is getting very low. I'm going to move on.
2: Daniel, thanks for the call today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can thank Joe for that. (laughs) I will.
0: Daniel, thanks. Appreciate it. Okay, so Daniel and Joe can meet up. Let's see. Daniel lives in San Francisco. Joe lives between Phoenix and Tucson. And maybe so. Where? Let's see. San Francisco, Phoenix, Tucson, Vegas. How about we? How about you meet in Vegas? Let's meet in Vegas. That's a good place for a fight. For a showdown, I'll go. I'll do a live podcast from Las Vegas. Joe versus Daniel. Loki, what do you think of that idea? Joe, Joe versus Daniel in Vegas. What do you think? You think we can raise some money?
3: Um, shit. We might have to, <laughs> we might have to pay people to come to that fight. but
0: <laughs> Loki, what's on your mind? Didn't want, didn't mean to get you in the middle of all this. What's on your mind today? Um,
3: yeah well, healthcare was the subject so that's where my brain was going and chewing on and freaking probably made like 10 points but uh I'll tell you the ones I re- remember so far I made I made a few of them in, in the comments and you know, kind of as a way to keep notes but um yeah it's really health outcomes are a are a complicated you know subject and and the the results of these health outcomes have multiple causes but you know our our everybody knows our healthcare system is shit but it's also you know it's not it's not cause of one thing biden said or obama or this or that it's like it's not the cult of personality is not the fucking direct cause of these things and yeah we we should all have some but some level of uh, self responsibility in our own health outcomes but we but that's you know that applies to all life and really the deck in America especially but you know in a lot of the world too especially where neoliberalism you know reigns as the driving force the deck is stacked against people you know and that's what a lot of folks don't realize you know like yeah you know idealistically we should be kind of independent free thinking this and that yada yada but it's a lot of people they believe they're free thinking but then they go and espouse you know just fucking status quo talking points which you know someone has to do it i guess but it's not going to evolve us you know forward too much to just you know espouse status quo mainstream uh talking points but what I was one of the comments I said in the in the um in the chat was was the effect of um, genetic adaptation in countries where colonialism existed, including the United States and India and Indonesia and you know all these any former colony and especially where famine happened, which tends to happen with a lot of colonialism and after famine happens there's a there's a genetic adaptation that's been you know scientifically documented where people store fat really fucking easy and then this gene that allows them to store fat easier also makes them more predisposed to high blood pressure and diabetes and these kind of these kind of maladies and you add that on top of that fact that we have, basic, we're still living on a a war food system, because you know, in a you know, kind of a war-based food system, which is like preserved foods and foods that are good for soldiers that are marching, you know, spam and shit that doesn't go bad, <clears throat> and but with, with the advantage of having it, you know, as food that works well, you know, for soldiers and in a war and for long campaigns, is this food can also be shipped around the world and you can sell it to pretty much fucking everybody. And I think, you know, the systems that helped us preserve food for war also, you know, feed our our fast food industry, which is also spread across the whole world, with like a crazy amount of uh homogeny. Like, you know, that's why these burgers taste the same from McDonald's or Burger King, whatever, no matter where you eat them all over the world and on top of that we're not providing healthy options to the majority of Americans you know it's like it's not in the culture And a lot of other countries we're talking about like like there's there's healthy food that's kind of built into the culture you know that you kind of want to eat or like you know like over here in Europe even even the fucking beer is healthier because <laughs> yes know, it is i've heard that especially yeah especially in Help. germany because they have laws regulating beer like you cannot like, if you want to call it beer and don't want to call it a fucking mixed drink or something, you have to follow certain standards. Right.
0: You know? No, I, I you know what? I was in Italy several years ago and I remember eating a lot of what I thought if I was eating it here, I thought I'd gain weight. I lost weight. And I thought, wait a minute. OK, I was walking more. Right. Walking around. I was in Rome and I'm thinking, but God, I'm meaning pizza. I mean, you know, you go to those, you know, those uh, things in Italy, in Rome where they have like the buffets. Tabla calda, I guess they call them, and you get you know you get a little bit of lasagna, you get a little bit of bread. It was a great deal. It was like lasagna, bread, a glass of wine for like seven euros, and I ate that all the time. And I'm thinking, my God, I'm eating pasta, I'm eating all these carbs, I'm eating all these cheeses, I'm eating all this pizza, and I lost like five pounds. And I'm thinking, why, why? And the big reason why I found that is because they're natural, homemade. They don't have all the like preservatives we have here. Plus what I was realizing is the portions are much smaller. The portions are much smaller than here. They don't have those ridiculous cheesecake factory portions of huge portions, cakes that, you know, you can have in four sittings, one little, one huge. The cheesecake factory has these huge pieces of cake, you know, that eight people can eat one piece. And you don't get that in Europe. And I was thinking, my God, this is why people are in better shape here. The food is fresher. You don't have all these horrible preservatives in them and the portion control the portion control so important and you know that's something i realized when i was when i was uh visiting uh, italy for a week and like yeah. you said it's a, it's that around europe everything is healthier even the unhealthy things like beer seem to be healthier
3: <laughs> yeah definitely it's your it, it is all those factors that you just mentioned but it's also you know freaking they they put they put government regulations about their food even specific to like salami and cheese and all this different stuff not not just like you know not just as a kind of government fda function of you know keeping people safe or you know barely safe or not safe in in the u.s and you know some of the u.s regulating bodies but in europe it was also about preserving culture they saw they saw the protection of you know these traditional foods as you know pre- preserving kind of their identity in a way and like there's they don't have that in america cuz the like you know the the pride in the identity only goes to the fucking military industrial complex like
0: right and pri- i think i think they actually i don't think it's conspiracy i think the i think they put stuff in food here once again the portions are much bigger and i think i think they put stuff in food here that makes you Fatter that makes you want to eat continue to eat more. I think there's stuff in the food here that you don't have in Europe. And it could be because of regulations. I'm sure it is. I'm sure that's part of it.
2: Oh, definitely. Um,
0: yeah.
3: The these corporations, you know, not just in the food industry, but they're constantly trying to fucking just claw and chip and kick in the balls all of our regulations that hold them back from making profit. Anything that gives makes them do an iota of extra work or makes them invest you know, five bucks extra a year to, you know, buy a cheaper light or buy a more efficient light bulb or something like anything they'll they'll literally try to fight against. And it's really absurd because often they'll spend more money, you know, fighting these things than it would have cost to to basically just, you know, comply with the rules. And another thing about
0: Europe, especially I noticed in France, I don't know if we spent any time in France, but the cheese is so much better because it doesn't have to be what? pasteurized homogenized like it is here yeah. in this country and... and i'm
3: speaking from experience too i'm I'm an expat i'm in switzerland so yeah there you go there and, you go but yeah homeboy joe though is kind of i don't know he, he he didn't get enough attention from his parents he's he's looking for some attention there's definitely a few people like that are kind of attention whoring a little bit not not that you know there's a lot of intelligent people but like how much knowledge is in your brain and, like, emotionally knowing how to act and knowing how to have a conversation without getting offended over shit and all that. That's These are two types of, you know, types of senses, I would say, I guess. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and and, and to be fair, Daniel wasn't throwing any ad hominem attack attacks at Joe. You know, he was simply saying that he had a different point of view. You know, that's all. It's nothing wrong with that. You know, that that, that point of view is... That he didn't disagree with Joe's, you know, Joe's point of view about this idea of giving everyone something free, and I think he's right. Once again, Daniel's not saying we've had this conversation many times. He's not saying that the what you give back has to be money, has to be monetary, because everyone can't afford that, or some people can afford to pay more than others. But everyone, every single person, can afford to make to to to, to look at, after their own health and not be and not be a burden to the healthcare system simply by slow. keeping themselves healthy and not getting fat.
3: Yeah. But I would, on the counterpoint, I would say that the healthcare system is more of a burden on people than the people are on it because it's become this kind of bureaucratically wasteful monster as well. And well, in, in America, like a lot of institutions have, especially governmental institutions that are, you know, private become privatized or semi uh pri- privatized to that point and you were also you know mentioning the various prof- profit motives in within the healthcare system and like how many middlemen try to just put themselves you yep. know in between es- essential functions of you know our system and it's really it's a public good you know it's like to me it's like electricity like what we we know privatizing electricity like you know people forget about the was that the Enron crisis in California shit that was that was a while ago but people you know corporations are still looking to privatize public goods and they don't do a good job of running it cuz they don't have the incentive to fucking give a fuck you know what i mean
0: what is uh, you're in Switzerland you said so what is what is your healthcare system
3: Um, the healthcare system is everybody's insured, but you have to pay and often, you know, it's tied to work, work pays a little bit too, but you, you know, you, you pay your insurance in, in the Canton, you know, kind of like a state where I live. It's pretty, it's pretty expensive, but the, if you can't afford to pay the whole thing, the government will, you know, depending on their own sliding scale will, will pay some of it off. For you, up up to paying you a hundred percent if you're really poor. So, so it's al- like it's almost like a
0: better version of Obamacare. Is that what I'm getting? It's like a better version of the ACA where it helps more people than the ACA does. From what yeah, I'm, you could,
3: you could say that. And then there's options also for you know if you want to join a gym or something. Like some gyms over here will accept insurance.
0: Oh, look at that! That's great. Yeah.
3: Oh. <laughs> Here, here, here in San Francisco, the
0: average gym is like 110 bucks a month. Oh, what? A month? A month.
3: Yeah, it's it's that's that's a bit much, you know. And there's also over here, there's yeah. a lot of uh, at least in this town, there's a lot of like public workout structures. You know, there's playgrounds for the kids, and there's also stuff where adults can work out. There's kind of the you know what we call these uh pull up these little that's Daniel's little
0: thing, like outside, there. like parkour, that kind of stuff. Yeah
3: yeah and and vita parkours too vita parkours are more like things in the woods with with like um it's like a trail with like various workout stations you know at uh, you know at different points but the the street workout areas are kind of a little more complete but it's not along a running trail it's just usually somewhere in the city they have like a soft rubbery kind of playground floor and then you know a bunch of bars you know almost almost like a you know jungle gym for adults but do do you notice obese. a
0: lot of obese people there or do you notice that people there are pretty much in shape in general what do you see
3: um i see some thick people but i i maybe like my whole time here like i've seen maybe like five morbidly obese people here like That's not five bad. Really That's nothing people. That, 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 that's I that's that's in that,
0: one that's in one diner in the south here. You see yeah, five. I, and I
3: heard half of them speaking either you know British English or American English. So there you go. You know,
0: there you go. As Daniel was saying, Britain in the UK, pretty high. That's interesting. Yeah. So that's it. See, I like to I like to hear about all these different healthcare systems. Once again, people in this country have an idea. That you know, there are some Americans who think that oh no, there has to be the way it is here. There's the government can't take care of healthcare, and then there are people who think that every European country is the same. That no one pays a, a penny, and that's not true. Some countries it is that way, but many countries, like you said, Switzerland is not that way, right? If you can yes. afford to pay a certain amount, you're going to have to pay it, right?
3: Definitely, but they kind of I feel over here they keep people a little bit under under the thumb as well. There's a certain uh, you know the co- like it's even though a lot of people may be agnostic or atheist here because it's also kind of like a very scientific-minded and developed and kind of intellectual place in a way, you yep. know. And the what do you call it? All, the whole world meets here, so it's it's also you know uh, what do you call it? Diplomatic and political and has all kinds of shit going for it. Um, we call it this way. Like Switzerland's consciousness is also very Catholic from being part of the Holy Roman Empire, you know, all the way till now in the Swiss Guard, they still train, you know, these kind of, uh, what would you call it, um, figure, figurehead, I guess, not really figurehead, but just, just more representational uh, guards of the Pope to go, actually, they have real guards too, they have guards with guns, but that's not the ones you hear about, but they, They have the Swiss guard that guards the Swiss guard. Sure. Yeah. So culturally, it's very Catholic here. And within that, there is there's freaking gossiping, you know, church ladies love the gossip. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Yeah. Judgmental on each other. People getting in your face and acting like they're the police once in a while. Like, oh, you can't do that over there. Like on any stupid fucking rule which you know sometimes yeah people should be confronted like oh you, you let your dog shit there and you just walk away you know it's like you do deserve the dirty looks and all that one more thing i
0: want to ask guys I, I might have asked you in the past but like what was the uh general COVID issue like what, the lockdowns was it was it more libertarian how did it work there was it was it was it oh. authoritarian like it was in this country and canada and australia and such or was it not
3: well, I live I live close to the border, so it was kind of a different situation for me because you had to deal with the the um, COVID rules of France and Germany too if you wanted to go there. Because a lot of people go there for leisure or to shop in France and Germany, but it was it was mostly common sense. You know, they never they never require they didn't recommend people having masks outside. Just you know, in indoor indoor areas away from your home and in public transportation is pretty much is pretty much it and you know they put like public ad campaigns to wash your fucking hands and you know do do basic shit to stay hygienic but also another thing that's going on here is you do you know do you know about the uh the takeover of allopathic medicine from like we call it Alan Rockef or now uh what the fuck's name anyways, the the Rockefeller family and stuff, like how modern medicine was kind of founded in a way. Yeah, I've that heard week, a little bit about that over yeah. universities. Yeah. Right. Well so over here in Switzerland they preserve some of their naturopathic um institutions. Cause they're probably established here for a long time, right. but you can get, you can get pharmaceutical grade, uh, <laughs> like natural supplements and stuff here. And they're much, they're much more effective than just buying natural products from, you know, like Joe Smo, whoever on the internet, that that you have no idea how, you know, how tested and what the quality is, except for like consumer reviews. So you could so okay, so you
0: means, can actually get it there in a, in a in a more you can you get it there basically pharmac- over the counter over the counter yeah yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah in a real pharmacy you can, in a real pharmacy you huh? hmm. yeah you can get you know hundred percent natural uh, pharmaceutical products that that aren't you know synthetic and shit they have the synthetic stuff too but That's it's right. about it's kind of fifty fifty over here a lot of people know the the have you know the damage all these pharmaceuticals can do on the body so they they go for the natural thing anyway and also they'd, they'd rather give it to their kids you know
0: right exactly hey, hey iggy I, uh, loki sorry i gotta let you go but thanks thanks for the talk i appreciate it. thanks for all the information about switzerland i'll have to go sometime i really i've always wanted to go so one day i'll have to go and then i can pick up some uh, natural homeopathic stuff and bring it back
3: Bring, bring some money, though. There's a lot of places. Well, no, no. I'm gonna come there with eight dollar. <laughs> of course, I will bring money. You have to. Bring, everywhere
0: you go, you got to bring money.
3: I'm in San Francisco. Right, it can't not, be any more expensive. Like Italy, <laughs> yeah. You go to Italy, Spain, Greece. You could probably do the trip for like half the amount, almost or less, depending yeah, on where you. I want to see the
0: Swiss Alps. I want, you know, I want to see Switzerland. Right. You know, so I want to, you know. It's
3: great. Yeah.
0: For sure. <laughs> Loki, thanks for the call. Thank, Thank you. Me. Appreciate it. All right. All right. Well, that's gonna wrap up the show. Uh, it was a good show today. I want to thank Loki for calling. I want to thank Daniel for calling. I want to thank Joe for calling. I'm sure we'll hear from Joe either tomorrow or or later in the week because he's going to want to respond to uh, to Daniel. And um, it was a spirited show. Once again, remember, Fauci's a liar, uh, Newsom's a scumbag, and that's basically really what I want people to take from <laughs> today's show. Anyway, remember, I'm on. Monday through Friday night, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. if you're in uh, the UK. The show is called And Let's Be Heard. My name is Mike Gachopley. Remember, always remember, three weeks away, three weeks, vote Democrats out of office. Vote them out now. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow night.